I named my my phone Titanic so then it says when I plug it in Titanic is sinking. That's a terrible iPhone joke. That is a terrible iPhone joke. Um, also, but I like a real throwback to iPhones when they used to have to be synced, right? Sunk, right? To our S- computers, synced. synced. Yeah. Um, I did. Now I did. My wife did tell me that I had to stop acting like a flamingo, so I had to put my foot down. Ugh. Um, literally anyway. there are so many people in this world that i could have started a podcast with a lot of people <laughs> said no to be fair but nobody but had still. this shirt though that said i'm a podcaster yep that's true hashtag. nobody else had a hashtag shirt that said hashtag podcaster, podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so you told me to watch the britney spears documentary framing britney spears mm-hmm. why did you do that to me um <laughs> Cause I'd watched it and yeah. needed you to be going through the same, not the same things, but I needed you to be going through things. Like I was going through things. I, uh, I, I had to revisit a part of my life that I'm not necessarily proud of Kimberly. Oh, interesting. Daniel. Yes. Are you ready for me to hit you one more time? Oh, gross. Okay. Let's introduce the show. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> You, you start it. then. Oh man. Oh. Hey everybody. <laughs> Welcome to My America. My name is Kim. I am the host of the show. In just a second, we'll introduce our guest Dan. Uh, but I am a uh, uh, white cisgender female heterosexual living in Los Angeles. I work in television production and uh, also have a side hustle of running a nonprofit aimed at increasing voter turnout through education and my guest this week is dan dan would you like to introduce yourself <laughs> i love you i, I love you uh, always uh it's always a question so my name is dan uh i am here along with kim and i am a family member first of all so that's part of why we are just so weird mm-hmm. um it's tough, tough. <laughs> It is it is for me very much. Uh, I am white cisgender hetero male in Michigan, uh, kind of you know right of center center voter, uh, fully independent anymore though. Uh, the party that I used to belong to has abandoned me completely. So uh, part of my journey on my America is understanding all of the issues that we face today. Uh, I am a marketer by trade, uh, podcaster, and a bunch of different shows that I love doing this stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, I love talking to Kim and getting her perspective because Kim, you teach me so much. I do what I can. I'm here to be of service to our nation by teaching you things. It's true. Uh, but then we also, because we are so, we used to be way more opposite. I think we're a little less opposite now, but because we are opposite on a lot of things, uh, this, this show helps us to unpack some of that and look at what our country looks like through our own lenses um, and then how we can talk about those things. Uh, so this episode isn't necessarily like a debate or anything, you know, uh, uh, political in the moment, but it is very topical because very recently the New York times released one of their documentaries and it's called framing Brittany Spears and Kim, this documentary uh, got you fired up. <laughs> So you, you want to start real quick with like a premise of the of the documentary yeah, yeah, and then yeah. talk about so go for it. The the premise of the documentary is that it kind of looks at the life and career of Britney Spears. Uh pretty unfortunately and and unfortunately in some ways, um, those two things are she's had a career since she was a very, very young child and, and has grown up in the spotlight. Uh as of late, she has had 
what the public has diagnosed her with as some um well i mean the 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 like the public just thinks that she's crazy. Well, yeah, the public right? has diagnosed I mean, like, her as crazy, which is like we first of all, let's stop diagnosing the, the people slang. as crazy. Like I, I think we can just right? pull that one right out of our vernacular and toss I, it aside. Agreed. Um agreed. also we're the public. We don't need to be diagnosing anybody's mental state. Um, but she yeah. has been diagnosed by the public as having some serious um mental issues is is the way that it has been described i don't think that that is the most pc way to describe it but that's how it's been described uh so the documentary looks at that kind of looks at the history of her life very hard to do in an hour i think they do a great job but there's a lot you know in an hour and 20 minutes or so um obviously like you could do deep dives into kind of all of it the impetus of the documentary is that she's been under conservatorship for over a decade with her father running it, and there is a, um, a hashtag free Britney movement that they kind of look at her life through the lens of hashtag free Britney, uh, which is a movement to try and get her out of her conservatorship with her father. So why did this fire you up so much? Dude, I mean, for like five different reasons. <laughs> um i I think i have so many thoughts too so i can't wait like this is this is a good one i'm glad you brought this up yeah i i mean i'm glad that you watched it i'm glad that you i don't know actually what your thoughts are we haven't really talked about it much before this i think we wanted to save it for the podcast but i was really fired up because for a couple different reasons first of all the way that we treat celebrities in this country is to me uh, pretty disgusting. Um, we don't listen to women in this country. We don't deal with mental health in this country. Um, we put the blame for any of these things. We put the blame on the women, typically. And I think just like celebrity culture, and then also the whole documentary kind of circles around this free Britney movement, and f- not which is for- problematic too. Yes, exactly. Like it, it's. I think it's just a lack of time. I really like. The way that New York Times reports on this kind of stuff, it really is just a problem of a lack of time because this you could do a whole series on it. Um, and if you need a host, I'm available for hire. But, um, you know, the, the Free Britney movement is problematic as well because it's a group of people who do not know Britney Spears. Let emotions lead them into a role where they now feel like they have a, a part to play in her life in a part of these court cases and everything like this. I think it's, I think you can have both, right? You can say the free Britney movement is important in that somebody needs to look, have a serious look at her conservatorship. And also, isn't this how we got here by a group of people who don't know her having a say in the way that her life is run? Yep. Um, so I, I said earlier that this took me back to a place I'm not proud of in my life. So here, so some of the first thing is this, when Brittany was uh, first hitting the scene, I was much younger. Now she and I are only like five years apart. So she is not that much younger than me. Um, But when she was becoming this pop star, you know, she was, she's an attractive young woman. She was framed very sexually in her pop career. Uh, I was a young guy who was like, wow. Yeah. Brittany now. So when I was watching some of these videos and and like throughout the documentary, I was like, oh, I was kind of part of the problem. Misogynistic a little bit, like 
over sexualized a little bit. So, you know, so that like that, that right there got me kind of thinking about myself just in and of itself, like, Oh, how can I stop being a part of that problem? Because here's the thing, not just because I have daughters, but because I had daughters, it's opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff. My kids are 14 and 15 right now. If they were pop stars, they'd be in that same kind of world. Mm-hmm. And that just bothers the shit out of me. And when Ed McMahon leaned down to that nine-year-old and said, or 10 or whatever she was, and said, the only thing out of his mouth was, do you have a boyfriend? Why not? You're so pretty. I wanted to bang my head against the wall or his. Um, I like, I, it just pissed me off yeah. to no end. And that like, to me, that starts her entire career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that gets her career off on that, that foot of just make this girl perform and be a girl, but look like a woman and blah, blah. And like, I, there's just so much there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, the hypersexualization of her very hard mm-hmm. to, very important to watch through a 2021 lens so that we do not repeat our mistakes and also can work on what we've done to her as a country. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of friends about it and, and what I'm about to say is going to sound a little flippant. It's not meant to be flippant. It is a miracle that she is alive today. And if she had killed herself, this country would not take the, the three minutes to consider the role that we would have played in it. Because right. a lot of people played a part in, in where, and by the way, we're talking about Britney Spears. This is a real person that we do not know. I think yeah. that sometimes gets lost in when people talk about a celebrity of this nature. We don't know her. We're making a lot, uh, we're having a conversation about what this world looks like. We're not a part of that world. Right. But there is a lot of reckoning to do for us as a country, as fans, as not fans, as consumers of product for mm-hmm. what we have done. Yeah. Not just to her, to other celebrities as well. Typically oh, yeah. Yeah. young women, but other celebrities as well. There's a lot of reckoning to be done. And... Mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I don't know. That was something that a friend of mine and I were talking about is like, it's, I I don't know how I would be in a situation like she's in right now or what she appears to be in right now. Yeah. And, you know, and as a dad, I can, I have been where parents were, you know, as Brittany was, as an artist was, you know, dressing more provocatively. She went from being, this teen pop star to being like this, she wanted to, and, and let me back up so a woman's choice as to what she wears and how she interacts with the world is her, is her choice. I have no problem with a woman who wants to, to do that. Okay. And by do like dress provocatively, do what she wants. Like that's your body. That's your right. I I'm not judging anybody for that. Uh, I am of more of a, of a modest nature. I prefer that, but that's just me. And what I would like for others to think about, but it's not, I'm not going to force it on other people. Right. There's no dress code in the world. As far as that goes anyway, rather than like wearing clothes, apparently in America, not other countries. Anyway, um, in the documentary at one point she was on, I don't think she was on, on the, the interview, but Diane Sawyer at least said something about 
Brittany's upsetting a lot of mothers in this country. You know, she was acting much more sexual. She was wearing the schoolgirl outfits, all these other things. And like, I can see being a parent and saying, well, she's being a bad influence. I've, I've been there. I said that about our music and that kind of stuff and our, our entertainers today, but then thinking through though, like that's not necessarily that person. Right. Brittany as a human is a part of a machine that is making money off of her. Yeah. And they're going to do what they want with her and make her do things. And some of it is her own choice and that's fine too, but it's just, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I have a point to that other than just like, that's, that's yeah. Now the, you talk about celebrity culture. I find that very interesting that you have a, a strong feelings on that. You, you work in entertainment media. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of connections, friends, colleagues, coworkers who like, if they go on the street, they're going to get bombarded by mm-hmm. cameras and people. So yeah. you've got a real, like an interesting perspective on that. Yeah. So I think part of it is probably I, I am bringing that perspective into the feelings that I have. And I don't know if I, how I would feel if I didn't have the career that I have and I'm lucky enough to have this career, but yeah. So there is a part of me that maybe is taking a little bit more personal, I guess, even though like, it's not, not personal as in, this is not anything that has ever happened to me, but you know, I've seen um, friends of mine or coworkers and that kind of stuff. In fact, just recently a woman that is an actress on the show that I work on was relaying a story about, just walking down the street and being followed by somebody who could not stop stop taking pictures of her in her ninth month of pregnancy. Now, Mm. I've never been pregnant. You've never been pregnant, but I can't imagine that the ninth month is all that comfortable. And then to have Mm. somebody who you don't know, a stranger, follow you and take pictures, and you can say that's part of the job, that's part of the job, that's actually kind of not part of the job. Creating publicity around a product is a part of that job. Of course, you need people to watch your show, to watch your movie, to listen to your albums, all that kind of stuff. You don't need people following you into your public life. That is your time. That's not a time where you're talking about this album that you just released, this movie that's just coming out. That's not for that. If you're at Comic-Con and people want to stop you and take pictures while you're on the floor trying to walk from like, your um, hotel room, like your staging area out to where you're going to be talking about your show. Yeah, it's going to be expected that people are going to kind of hound you and take pictures and it's going to be tough, but you're at work. When you're not at work, why is it okay because you're a celebrity for people to follow you around to take pictures and all that kind of stuff? It's inappropriate. It's not fair. Um, it, it, we don't, we are not owed anything by celebrities, We certainly feel like we are, but we are not owed anything by them. Their time, their privacy, these are not the costs of entry into fame, right? Wanting to- They have been though, right? They they have been, but they should not be. How how do we change that then? I don't know. Well, we can start by like not buying these magazines that make all of their money off of it. Those- Mm. Pictures of Britney Spears with her head shape. This is the thing that like so many things stuck out to me in this documentary. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu now. Um, I'll give you my login if you need it. But you can. Um... <laughs> no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, no, you won't. Can't do that. Uh, whatever. It's that's fine. taking. They're fine. Listen, you're in. That's taking away money from Hulu. Yeah, it doesn't take money away from my show. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Um, Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah. One of the things that popped out to me was the paparazzi that said, um, 
he he was just trying to be a good guy, Dan. The night that Brittany, sh- not the not the night that I can't remember if she shaved her head and then like hit that car with the umbrella on the same night, but uh, he was a paparazzi that had been following her for a while. Somebody gave him a call and said, "Hey, don't tell anybody else, but come here to this location." where Brittany is and you can take pictures. I'm going to take video. So they went there and this guy who was being interviewed, cause he's a good guy, Dan, like that. I honestly, I think that that is, you go back and watch. I think his motivation for being in here is to have people think that he is one of the good ones. You, right. You're not, you can't be. I'm oh, really yeah. sorry. I'm really sorry. You can't be one of the good ones in this situation. So he goes there and there is, because there's one videographer and one photographer, um, there is video of him saying to Brittany, are you okay? I'm worried about you. And as he's snapping the photos, I'm really worried about the thing that I, this crime I took part in. (laughs) Like That's essentially what he's saying is like, I'm really sorry that this harassment that I've really helped out with has been a part of what's happening to you right now, but I'm going to still take photos. Because I actually don't really care that much. But I'm going to pretend to have a relationship with you because I want to still take photos of you. But also, like, the place that you're in, this fragile moment that you're in, is great for me because I'm going to be able to sell these photos. And when you lash out at me because you're afraid, I'm going to be able to sell those for more money because I have the exclusive. You don't care about her. I hope you can, like, that's probably how you are able to sleep at night is to say that you care about her. You don't care about her. If you had really right. cared about Brittany, you wouldn't have been there in the first place. You don't care about her. You care about money. And his, as you, as I watched it and I heard the way he talked to her, I was like, you are the most condescending prick. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like the whole time. He's like, Oh, like honey. Yeah. <laughs> and just constantly calling her that. And I'm like, I, Oh my gosh. Hey, Brittany, you'd be a lot prettier if you smiled. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a half yeah. a second away from it. And, and he said she never gave us a clue or any information like uh, that I don't appreciate you guys. Leave me alone. And I'm like, wait. So, yeah, the, uh, anyway. But also, so, they they did a – New York Times did a great job of cutting to a bunch of different videos of her saying, leave me alone. I'm just trying to walk. Please get out of my way. Don't be in yeah. here right now. I don't I, – <laughs> Yeah, that's – yeah, that was a follow-up that I didn't – yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, they, 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 she did say that. Yeah. She never said at any point, I'm close to breaking down mentally. Please leave me alone. My emotions are high. She didn't say that, mm-hmm. but she said plenty of times, can you leave me alone? Um, but also, like, you- just, just on that note a little bit, what she didn't say was, please keep taking photos of me. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, yep. it, you know, talking about consent, she doesn't need to say no. She never said yes. You know, when, when you said so many of us have said over the years, it's part of the job. I mean, what is the, like, what is the, the balance between those who work in entertainment media who want more, you know, they want higher paying gigs. They want more film offers. They want better TV shows. They like you're in the business of entertainment. So you want to increase your audience and everything else. Like that's part of it. What's the balance between having that and, and having those photographers like follow you around i mean i like i i I hear where you're coming from and i agree this like i can't imagine being followed constantly um your your co-worker who's nine months pregnant is it just leave me alone like 
my heart goes out. I, I'm empathetic. I understand that. And I also, I wonder, like, if I'm going to be an actor or if I want to be a famous podcaster, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Um, like, am I going to be mad that people want to take my photo or understand, like, hear about my latest whatever because I want a bigger audience? Like, what's that balancing act? How, what do we do nowadays to have that balancing act? I don't know if you have an answer. But that's where my mind goes. I mean, I, I don't have an answer. First of all, it's like a personal thing for each person. I would assume some people like the spotlight more than other people like the spotlight. Um, I personally haven't worked with anybody that has said to me, I, I never, like, it's not okay that people are taking pictures of me. How dare they? Because I think it's sort of implied. But it's also like, you know, we talk a lot about work-life balance. In, in you know yeah. in other careers and other lives work-life balance work-life balance mm-hmm. wouldn't this kind of be considered work-life balance and the right. privacy of it your privacy of your life yeah. and and why do we care like why yeah. do we care what robert downey jr is doing is that gonna make you go see the avengers were you not going to go see endgame until you knew what robert downey jr was doing on the weekend get out of here like maybe we can sell tickets based on how the movie is wouldn't that be wild if the movie was like very good and that's how we sold tickets (laughs) but this is also the kind of conversation that like as i walk out of work my uh one of my pas and i will have a conversation of being like what if money didn't exist like that's sort of along the same lines of like what if the product was good and we didn't care about celebrity culture Plenty of really good movies don't get the money they deserve, and plenty of bad ones do. Strong anyway. agree. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I I don't work in the same industry as you at all. So I don't have those friends who have that opportunity. I am a consumer of entertainment, uh, especially music. I love music. My One of my closest like similarities to this was when I was at a festival in South Haven, Michigan. And uh, behind this, the stage in this like closed off area, there was, there was music playing and stuff like that. Uh, I noticed a person back there and I was like, Hey, that's Anthony Kiedis from the red hot chili peppers. Holy cow. And I was really I was, like, I was like, that's really cool. And I, and I wanted to get like a, a cell phone picture. This is back with like flip phones. Sorry. I'm old. Um, and, I, and I couldn't get a good picture, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to get you a good picture. Now, what I didn't do was call the paparazzi call the local news station or whatever. I didn't run up there and be like, Anthony, Anthony, you owe me a picture. I like, I just thought that's really cool. He's back there with his, it looked like with his family, like maybe his, his wife or partner, maybe a kid kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't know Anthony's story necessarily. Um, but I just thought it was really cool knowing that he has connections to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, he lived there. He was from there originally. I don't, I don't know exactly, but he has a connection to Grand Rapids. That was really cool. He was in South Haven. Yeah. And, and like that was, and again, that didn't make me go out and buy Red Hot Chili Peppers albums, but I thought it was really cool. And so I enjoy seeing, making those celebrity connections. Um, I got to meet Metallica for just a minute after a concert once, because I'm a huge Metallica fan. And I, and I used to work for the former bass player's mom, which is like my connection to celebrity. <laughs> um, but like, so, so I, so I get the allure of celebrity and why we want to know about them. They're, they're larger than life. They're, they are our entertainment, you know, and, and there, but I think there can be a healthy balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like, but I think there can be a healthy balance, he- healthy balance. Do you think that one of the things in framing Britney Spears that I, that I heard somebody say something about 
Instagram has helped to curb the paparazzi movement. Yeah. The fact that we have that access straight from the celebrities that we want. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, I mean, is that something that we can. I think that that has helped. I think they're absolutely right to point it out. I read this a while ago too, and I wish I could remember where, but it, it hasn't pointed out before that. Yeah. Instagram and has helped curb our like ferocious need for content from these celebrities. Um, and you're, you get to kind of do it on your own terms. Sometimes their team is running their Instagram. Sometimes they're running their own Instagram. Um, and so it kind of does help. They get to cultivate like the view of themselves that they're trying to, the image of themselves that they're trying to put out into the world. The bummer is that like, it also creates this thing where similar to where the price of the photo, the higher the price, the more like highly desired that person is bookable. That person is, we want them to guest star on the show because you know, whatever they're leading magazine photos and that kind of stuff or magazine covers. Um, so like the more followers you have, all, you know, it all, it, it all is like yeah. two sides of the same bummer of a coin an, a real, yeah. real penny of a coin. But, um, yeah. So I think Instagram has helped, but is, but then also it's become like this digital autograph. You don't want a moment with a person that you really look up to. You want likes on a picture of a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I'm a big fan of the, uh, office ladies podcast, uh, Jenna, Jenna and Angela. <clears throat> and I feel like I know them now. Cause I've listened to every single episode. <laughs> I've been a big fan of Jenna Fisher's for a long time anyway. Uh, and then the office as well. And, and Angela too. Um, but when they talk about sliding into DMS, it cracks me up. <laughs> me too. <laughs> every, and it's funny because like, to me, they are celebrities. If, if I ran into them on the street, I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I'm a huge fan. So I can totally see that. But then they're like, we slid into the DMS. And so, and I'm just like, that's so funny. Cause I, cause like I've tried that with, um, so I recently tried that with Carrie Underwood. I, I produced this podcast that talks about domestic violence and sexual abuse and has survivor stories and stuff. Now Carrie has released two songs that talk about domestic violence. I thought I, I want her on the show someday. So we're coming up on our hundredth episode. And I thought that'd be a great opportunity. And I thought I had a connection to her and it, and it didn't pan out totally fine. Um, so I thought, well, I'll follow her on Instagram. Maybe she or her team checks the DMS like Jenna and Angela talk about it all the time. <laughs> and so I sent her a DM and I heard nothing. So it doesn't always work. Um, but you know, that's like that access is, I imagine can be very dangerous. And so I really respect those artists who, um, who put up with that. Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, Carrie Underwood in particular, like a woman, beautiful, um, very popular. I can't imagine the garbage that she gets in her DMs. So I, I held no hope that I would actually hear back from the team. <laughs> from her. Um, but I thought, hey, why not? But so if you're listening, Carrie, hit me up. Um, big fan of the check show. Check your DMs. She's a big fan That's of the right. show. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, I love the fact that, that they as, as, humans running a business based on their own personal brand that they have access to their, to their audiences and their community directly. Yeah. Like that's awesome. But then I also, I worry about them because I can't imagine the garbage that they receive mm-hmm. 
from that stuff. Like I've, you know, again, like you don't want people hate watching TV, think hate following somebody on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Like I just don't understand. Yeah. I think it's dangerous is probably very, some of it is really nice to be able to have like that direct connection and feel like you're making a connection. It also is very confusing for people as well. And that's where we get into the danger, right? People get their relationships confused. They think they know you. Um, Something that I think about often because my entire career has been in television. I've never worked on a film. Um, Jennifer Aniston said that when she was with Brad Pitt, people were more likely to come up to her than Brad Pitt because they had seen her in television. They watched her every single week. While they were in their pajamas in their home, they didn't make an event of seeing seeing a movie as an event. Well, it used to be before right. we yeah. in the before times, uh, whereas yeah. television is like the, a, a very intimate thing that you do. You watch it at home in comfortable clothes, sometimes in your pajamas. It's especially a show like Friends. Now people watch it like to fall asleep and all that kind of stuff. So um, she she said that people were more likely to go up to her because they felt like they knew her. That gets very confusing for people sometimes who don't, I I mean, I am thinking right now of somebody who uh, called a show that I worked on a lot because she was convinced that she was friends with one of the actors on the show. And I, Kim, was standing in the way of their friendship because I wouldn't put her on the phone with this. How did she even get the phone number to, like, I wouldn't even, wow. So, so, so on that same note, speaking of TV and the intimate connection, like I used to work in TV news and very similarly, when I would go out to lunch or go out with friends from, from the the TV station, uh, the news anchors and and reporters and stuff, right. Mm -hmm. The same, very, very similar people would come up to them and talk to them like, like they knew them. I had one lunch in particular with, with one of my friends and, once the person walked away, I looked at him and I said, did you know that person? And he goes, no, they just think they know me because I'm in their living room every single day. And so they think that they, that, that, that they know me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now that makes sense. So like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That yeah. totally makes sense. And that, and, and I, I'm not confused by that. <laughs> so I don't understand how people can get confused by that, Yeah, but they, they really do. How did you feel when you were watching the documentary on, about the Justin Timberlake stuff? Oh man, listen, I I think Justin Timberlake is a great entertainer. I really like his and Andy Samberg's humor. I think he has an amazing voice. He seems to do great collaborations. So I really like Justin Timberlake. That part of the documentary was hard mm-hmm. because I totally can see where we as consumers fell into the blame game of blaming the woman. Uh-huh. What did you do to break his heart? He released a revenge video. Like he did some really, it was, it was terrible, but I have a hard time with it because thinking about it through the lens of 2021, like we can look back now and say that was bad because of all these things. Now it was bad then too. Don't get me wrong. Like I understand that, but hindsight is so easy to look back and say, Here's where he did it wrong. So he needs to just not be popular anymore. Like the, I hate the term cancel culture, but that's like, that's what it feels like. Right. Justin, he, he, that that's terrible. How he, what he did and how his machine ran her over. Right. Like, cause I'm sure it wasn't just him. 
it was him, probably his agent or his manager or whoever else in his group, like, you know, and maybe she did break his heart in a way. And so he emotionally acted out, but using his power to take her down like that is not okay. Mm -hmm. So I struggled with that one. Cause I do. I mean, I don't, I don't know Justin by any means. I don't know if he's a good guy or not. He seems like it. And like, maybe this was just a really poor choice. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't That's know. Where I I'm mean, I think it. that we have let him get away with a lot, you know, including the Janet Jackson stuff as well. He got to come back and be at the Super Bowl again, do another yeah. halftime performance at the Super Bowl. Janet Jackson was banned from the Grammys that year. And Justin Timberlake yeah. kind of winked at the camera a lot. Even, yeah. I think he was at the Grammys that year. I seem to remember remember him doing something. I can't remember what it was, but like around that same time. And I do want to say it was at the Grammys being like, oh, I'm not going to do it here. Um, and he got to go back to the Super Bowl, whereas Janet Jackson's album, that album that was released right after that was like the first album that tanked. And, yeah. but also the critics all said it was, a fantastic album that had nothing to it, it wasn't like the critics said it was a bad album it was a great album it just tanked because um you know we always need a villain and uh shockingly it was not this white male but instead this black woman now since this he has come out and apologized and i think when we talk about cancel culture we have to be really careful because it does not allow for growth the timing of his apology is a little suspect Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I got caught. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But and, and look, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. You know, we are, we are flawed human beings, sure. right? There's no perfect person. You we are, are flawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he, he screwed up. And, and if he apologized for getting caught, that's a cop out. Mm -hmm. I'm also curious to see what he does with it. Yeah. You know, I do think that he has done some amazing stuff. I think he's got some amazing uh, art that he's created. Um, I'd like to see him continue success. And also, I'd like to see things get rectified on other things. Like, if we talk about the Janet Jackson thing, I hadn't really given this much thought, but I'm, so I'm going to verbally process on live on the on the air here. Um, like, yeah, you're right. When I think back on that time when that happened, you know, I it was it was the talk of the town everywhere, mm -hmm. and you know, we you know, we had everything. Um, the FCC put in delays for everything you know, a three second, seven second, whatever delay, like it was, it was huge. And it was talked about as like, well, as a wardrobe malfunction, it wasn't supposed to happen. And then we all were like, yeah, okay. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. And a lot of people said, well, then, you know, it, it happened on purpose and that's not okay. And okay, that's fair. But then I never thought about how she was blamed for it and he got away with it. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I never really paid attention to that. And and that's not like they were both a part of it. If it was wrong, it was wrong for both of them. It's it's not wrong for her to bear her breast, but not wrong for him to do the bearing. Like they, they need to both be wrong if that's the case, right? Sure. But also if it was a quote wardrobe malfunction, then we also like accidents happen. Sure. I, I do. I do actually believe that what happened was an accident that it was actually a malfunction. It was supposed to show just her bra and instead like rip the whole thing. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that's naive, but I don't think it was done maliciously, but yeah, it doesn't 
regardless, it doesn't matter. Well, that, can I? All right, so listen, I'm going to be a smart ass. Oh boy. Uh, it's not malicious to show boobs. That's the thing too. Is like we, it's not malicious it's... to show. Well, it's not malicious to show a male breast. We can show a listen, male nipple, and that's fine. I don't. I don't think it's malicious to show female breasts either. I'm just gonna say. I think we should malicious. be showing butts on um, on camera all the time, also. But <laughs> we don't set the FCC sorry, was... rules. I think that there's yeah, a different conversation to be had about how we, as a nation, look at bodies and nudity and sexuality and all of that. Because yeah. a, a breast on television for like a second. I think of one of my very favorite movies. Oh, it's so good. Notting Hill. It's so funny. It's so underrated for being how funny it is. Um, but there is. Is that the one where I'm just a girl standing in front of a yes, boy? Yes, and him everybody to look at her? just okay. talks about that part. But if just go watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so great. But they, um, they're in part of it, Julia Roberts, um, some photos that she took when she was um, just starting out, get. Brought, you know, actually kind of relevant for this episode. <laughs> These photos that she thought she was taking, like a lingerie shoot, somebody was filming it. Then it looked like a, um, like a, a softcore porn. And then later, she in the movie she plays Anna Scott, who is the most famous actress. She is Julia Roberts, like that level of fame in the movie. And so then people sell these photos to the, um, you know, trash rags, whatever they're called. Um, and yeah. so she goes to Hugh Grant's apartment to like hide out from the paparazzi paparazzi are following her very relevant for actually this episode. And she, they're talking about it and she said, I don't understand what the big deal is. They're just breasts. Your, you, your mother used them for food. Everybody in the world has them. Actually, what she says is every other person in the world has them. And then Hugh Grant says, that's not true. I think it's more than that. Meatloaf has a very nice pair. So it does get into body shaming a little bit. But, <laughs> but it is truly, every, what is the big deal? It, literally, every, uh, literally, probably, I would say 98% of people in this world have nipples. Yep. But as soon as one gets shown on television, then we start saying like, oh, we can't see this. This is really bad. I can't believe that we had to be forced to look at this. And now it's fines and people are going to lose their careers over our bodies. Yeah. Right. And, but on the flip side, we will show violence Mm -hmm. to no end. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's funny because my, my oldest and I have had this discussion. uh, She really believes that, that like, it's a problem. The fact that guys can walk around topless, but, but, women can't now fortunately for this dad's heart she's not asking to walk around topless that would like that's a whole different thing um but i I see i totally see where she's coming from and 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 i and i can't disagree it's it's incredibly uh hypocritical you know now for whatever reason in our culture women's breasts are are sexualized men's are not Mm -hmm. and like that's just that's just part of it and so yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, like what what we do with that, but that's that's how I how I see it. I mean, if if I see a woman's breasts, it is going to be a sexual look. Like that's just how how it seems to be for straight men, right? Um, you know, and I'd I'd rather not 
see a woman's breasts other than my own wife's. So like, that's just how I feel. Right. But on the other hand, you know, I've seen some great, I just saw a, a great movie the other day uh, made in New Zealand and there was some nudity, but it was like tasteful, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it was it, it wasn't like watching a, a pornographic movie. Right. It was just part of the story. It was done really well. You, at one point, full frontal on both male and female. Like, okay, whatever. It was it was just part of their story. Uh, it was it was a really good movie. Um, very very curious, very weird, but it? very good. Anyway, uh, it's called "There's No I in Threesome." Oh, I don't know what that is at all. I thought it was going to be kind of a funny satirical look, and it was kind of more poignant and and sad. Um, and there's a couple. There's like two major twists in it that if anybody's listening watches it be prepared um but it's it's an it's a very interesting look at uh what starts off as an open relationship and turns into polyamorous and then how that affects everybody involved and it's i think it's really well done but anyway um but yeah it was like just it was just it it, it piqued my curiosity and i watched it and the nudity didn't bother me i didn't like it, it didn't didn't affect me it didn't turn me into some terrible person like it it's okay folks it's okay uh yeah agreed it is just nudity yeah yeah it doesn't have to be in everything all the time but if it's like whatever i think it's too i think and and i'm a pretty conservative guy i think we are a little bit too prudish on it yeah you know i don't i don't think it needs to be on primetime television necessarily or like on there all the time or whatever but if we're gonna you know like how often do we talk murders or mass murders or other violence on these TV shows where our kids are just like, Oh, cool. Violence. Like, yeah. That's not like, anyway, um, that's a whole different, oh, yeah, now we're getting down rabbit trails. Uh, <laughs> so fr- framing Britney Spears. Um, yeah, just fascinating. And this whole then conservatorship idea, like the yeah. fact that this, this human being can function and make all this as a very successful career. Like, this, like I, just, I don't, I don't care about the millions versus thousands, maybe or whatever. Like, but she's very successful, mm-hmm. and and can and can can function, and yet she can't make a decision for herself without her dad. Yeah. And the fact that she, like, the fact that she even talked, you know, in, in the documentary, they talked about how she said, "I recognize that I, I need some help. I just don't want him, and I want to be able to get out of it." And the fact that she can't even do that. We don't listen like... to women in this country. <laughs> I mean, it feels like enslavement. Like, what is this? That's the takeaway, right? Like, we we don't yeah. listen to women in this country. Now, I don't know what her relationship with her dad was prior to this conservatorship. The documentary, every documentary has an angle. That is the deal with, that's how documentaries are produced. Some have less of an angle than others. They do make a point in the documentary to say to point out that she wasn't really close with her dad growing up. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. Who knows? That's not for us to decide. Just listen to her. She is not saying, don't put me in this. She is saying, out of everybody in the world, this is the person that I don't want to be in charge of it. Take that into consideration. And when she talks about it, when the documentary talked about it, it went from being a conservatorship to a business. Yeah, see, and that's not what they're what <laughs> Right. Like that that 
that right there to me says just negate the entire thing yeah. let her out of it let her t- like mm-hmm. stop it yeah um yeah anyway fascinating documentary for sure there's a lot to unpack in in our our society yeah you know our obsession with fame as you said earlier um our obsession with access to entertainers like we have to have access why yeah no, we don't they're human beings and um, that's what i think and then, lost and then, too is that they are human beings so one of the things that drives me bonkers and i think i mentioned this a little bit before but like Often, I will hear people talk about, here in LA, I'll hear people tell the story about one actor over another. A roommate of, an old, like an ex-roommate of mine from like years ago, um, told the story of seeing an actress at the airport. This actress is someone that I don't know at all. I'm a fan of her work. She's also in a band. I'm a fan of her in the band as well. I'm not going to say her name, even though I don't really believe the story or care about the story. I just don't think it's necessary. Uh, It's someone I'm a fan of. So she saw her, saw this woman at the airport. And in the moment, I guess my roommates, ex-roommates interpretation of it was that she was really rude in the airport. Now there could have been a thousand things happening. It's travel. (laughs) Everybody's traveling sucks. Even in yeah, the, the airport's times. not the place to be friendly. Yes. In on top of that, I don't even know if it's true or not. And they the the way that she was telling me this was like, I hate to break your heart, but so and so is like so rude because I saw her at the airport. It feels like it is a more delicious story to tell when you're talking poorly about somebody. You guys might think yeah. celebrities are so great, but I know that they're not. You might think that this actor, this singer, this athlete is like the coolest thing in the world. I'm cooler than you because I have not fallen under their spell. In fact, I'm here to tell you to like break the hold they have on you. And if we're going to use one little tiny moment to decide how somebody is as a person, then like, you know, that that's not fair. And also then sucks. Yeah. I could have used a year worth of little tiny moments to talk about how terrible my roommate was. (laughs) She sucked. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like everybody is allowed to have a moment. Everybody is allowed to be a person in this world. Uh, Now, when you're a bad person in the world, that's completely different. But I'm saying like you're, you're a human being that experiences emotion. So you're going to have highs and lows and probably an airport terminal is not going to be the best for for anybody but then to like use that and go around and tell people well so-and-so does this you're not doing anything except for trying to elevate your own social status and that that sucks that sucks i wonder if that i wonder if that is an la thing like an industry thing or like i i haven't had that experience with people but i don't know many people who have had interactions with uh celebrities um yeah, I mean, I obviously wouldn't know because I'm in my liberal leftist bubble. So, <laughs> I mean, truly, I wouldn't know because this is the yeah. entire town runs on a couple industries, this one included. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I've had any, any interaction I've had with someone who has, you know, fame of any kind um, has been really good. You know, I've had interactions with you as you've worked on other shows. Um, I've met some folks through like, concerts or whatever and it's always i've always had good interactions because they're just people yeah that's what you know, it comes down if you're to. good to humans 
Yeah. And that's what I think we lose, too, when we're talking about someone like Britney Spears and we're talking about the free Britney movement is that people lose the humanity behind it. And a couple articles have come out since free Britney. I'm sorry. Um, what's it called? Framing Britney Spears? Framing Britney Spears yeah. is the documentary, yeah. I keep just calling it the Free Britney documentary. Um, since Framing Britney Spears has come out, there have been a couple, like, <laughs> not necessarily response from Britney, but just a reminder that she is a human being. And I think that that, even in a documentary like this, when we are looking at one, a singular person, we are still losing the humanity behind it. And I don't mean that to say that the New York Times created a documentary without a person <laughs> about a person and and meant to lose the humanity behind it they didn't but i think especially like this yeah. hashtag free britney movement and that kind of stuff we do kind of lose the humanity behind it yeah and I, like and you know you said it and i think one of our offline conversations or maybe it was the mini conversation we had um it there are problems with that free britney movement they don't they don't know her they're not actually like part of her her life at all as far as that goes and and being positive and also they 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 are impacted by by britney right there were several fans that were interviewed that you know britney's music her um her the way she carries herself whatever like impacted them in some way in a very positive way and so now they want to support her and give and, and show that love and so like i get that right i mean you know again music uh, is a big thing for me and, and music has gotten me through a lot of stuff. And so I feel a connection to Metallica, let's say, mm -hmm. or Foo Fighters because like they get me through stuff. And so I get that connection. I understand that. On the other hand, I don't know them personally. And if I'm just trying, you know, the, the, the two that, that were interviewed that had a Britney podcast, I, again, I don't know them, nothing bad about them they're trying to make names for themselves in the podcast world. They're literally, their podcast is literally about dissecting Instagram posts from Britney Spears. Yeah. And I was like, so are you part of the free Britney movement and all this because you care about her or because you just want to get famous yourself? Exactly. And so I question that now, again, I don't know them. If they end up listening to this, hearing this because of the hashtag, whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't pretend. And I'm not, accusing by any means they came off as very kind nice people who totally. have genuine concerns but we just don't know like why is this movement become this thing with people who are there are going to be some opportunists within it yeah and i think that's my concern too is like at the end of it what's your end game what's your let's say you get what you want and she is freed quote freed whatever that means then yeah. what what do you think that you are owed at that point what part do you think you played in it it's a right not not much of a part because it's kind of all up to the courts but what part right. do you think you played in it and what do you feel like you deserve from that hopefully a lot of them that were interviewed seems to if this happens we're just gonna be happy for her and we're gonna move on yeah awesome i hope that's the case for for all of them me too because yeah I don't, i'd hate i'd hate to see any of them say now you britney you owe me like i need to have a cameo with you or i need to whatever like mm -hmm. yeah anyway because then we're just right back to the beginning yeah then that, and that's the cycle that that we're sort of in and what i see your concern as and i i was thinking about that when i was watching it I was like okay this free britney movement it could be great and maybe that public outcry will help and maybe it's giving you know britney as 
as a person, a good feeling of like people care and they're listening, Mm -hmm. you know, petitions, public outcry, all that can certainly help a lot in a lot of ways and in in a lot of situations. Um, But are we just getting into the same cycle? Yeah. Are we just seeing her as a pawn in this game? And that would be, that would be terrible. A fascinating documentary for sure. Yeah. And I want to close out this conversation talking about celebrity and celebrity culture and the dangers of it by just reminding everybody, regardless of where you stand politically, where you stand on the free Britney movement, any of that, that if you listened, listened with an open heart and open mind, um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at Kim Moffitt and I locked down Kim oh i'm dead i'm dead that was perfect that was perfect trying to get those Uh, likes trying to get that ratio followers to get the likes and follows uh and i'm at dan moyle on instagram and twitter so there you go uh and you can certainly follow the podcast at my america pod Mm -hmm. on instagram and twitter uh instagram where kim shares a lot of good stuff and twitter where i am failing so there you go we Uh, changed our graphics on instagram share i love it <laughs> share away baby uh cool yeah and and if you have feedback or ideas or thoughts about our beautiful country myamericapod at gmail.com we do love listener feedback and we take it very seriously uh kim Dan. when i'm a celebrity mm-hmm. will you chase me around with a camera yeah i think so because so. I've given you consent, right? Yeah, because you've given me consent. Okay. I would, I, I will say, I would love to see uh, the celebrity culture that we have talked about just be healthier. Yeah, that's all it is. We're not saying like, don't be fans of people, don't be invested in them, but be healthy about it and recognize that um, as much as you might respect your work life balance, work life balance does not change because of a job. You're not owed something. Because somebody has a different type of job. So there you go. My America pod on the socials at gmail.com. Listen, review, share, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening.